I V M. Welcome to States of Anasmi. My name is Hamsini Hariharan. I'm your host. Every week on the podcast, we discuss important questions in global affairs and foreign policy, all in the hope of making a little more sense of the world around us. This week is our special question and answer episode, where we answer listener questions from you. It's been nearly 60 years since India's war with China in 1962. The war, fought over just a month in the biting cold of the Himalayan mountains, was provoked by a territorial dispute between the two countries and tensions over Tibet. China ultimately emerged victorious in the conflict, and it captured a significant amount of Indian territory, which it still continues to control. The war continues to cast a long shadow over Sino-Indian relations. It's an extremely sensitive issue in India, where there's a lot of discussion about the causes of escalation with China and the eventual defeat, and who on the Indian side should be responsible for it. One popular line of argument that India's then Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru's idealistic foreign policy should be blamed for the defeat to China. This theory has been intensely debated by many scholars in recent years, but it's not really that simple. There's much more to the 1962 war and Nehru's foreign policy, which complicates the picture. So on Instagram, Taha asked us. Was Nehruvian philosophy responsible for the 1962 Indochina War? Thanks for the question, Taha. Most widely accepted Indian accounts for the 1962 Sino-Indian War, especially in the immediate years after the war, painted China as the aggressor and India as the unsuspecting victims. In India, then and even now, the popular narrative around the war is that an aggressive and an expansionist. China betrayed Nehru's trust after he made attempts to cultivate cordial relations with them. This is because the war occurred despite the fact that India and China both signed the Panchal Treaty. Nehru had supported China's bid for a permanent seat at the United Nations Security Council at India's cost. And if you want to know more about this, you can go back to episode seventy-one of States of Anarchy, where I talk about Anton Harder about this particular instance. But anyway, the narrative that China was the aggressor and India was the victim was challenged by British journalist and scholar Neville Maxwell. In 1970, he wrote a book called "India's China War," where he argued that China was provoked into launching a full-scale military offensive by India's military actions. So Maxwell recounted all the events leading up to the war, and he painted Indian leaders, particularly Nehru, as pandering to public pressure. They took rash decisions and played the sympathy card. According to Maxwell, Jawaharlal Nehru's aggressive forward policy, which was a directive to the Indian Army to establish advance posts to reclaim territory from China, was one of the primary causes behind the escalation of tensions, which then led to the war. For his argument, Maxwell relied heavily on the Henderson Brooks Bagat report. An investigative report which analyzed the causes of India's defeat in the 1962 war. The report, which blames the defeat on the entire civil and military leadership, has never been declassified by the Indian government. And Maxwell's account is heavily criticized within India and by various Indian diplomats for representing only a Chinese version of events. And this is true. The Maxwell narrative is one that the Chinese prefer. In fact, and at an official banquet in Beijing in 1971, Maxwell had the shock of his life 
Premier Joe and Lai and Pakistan's then Prime Minister Zulfikar Ali Bhutto rose from the head table and walked to the foreign correspondence table where he was sitting. Mr. Maxwell said Joe through his interpreter, "Your book has done a service to truth, and China has benefited from that." End quote. Joe called for a glass of Maltai and offered him a toast. But there are scholarly contests to Maxwell's argument. Um, in 2018, uh, the Swedish journalist and strategic consultant Bertil Lindner wrote a book called "China's India War." Bertil Lindner had appeared in episode 75 of States of Anarchy, so you should go check that out. And he argues that Mao's strategy and not Nehruvian foreign policy, which was what led to the 1962 Sino-Indian War, Lindner says that the failure of the Great Leap Forward and India's granting of asylum to the Dalai Lama were the two primary developments which led to China seeking conflict with India. After the Great Leap Forward, Mao's position as the leader of the Chinese Communist Party was severely compromised. And according to Lindner, a war with India presented Mao and the communist regime in China with an opportunity to reconsolidate their grip on power. India granting asylum to the Dalai Lama only strengthened China's resolve to attack India. Uh, beyond blaming Nehru for not anticipating the China threat in 1950, Lindner offers limited criticism of India's civilian and military leadership. Instead, he looks at how China had begun preparing for the war in 1959, much before Nehru had even introduced the forward policy in 1961. There are also other books that locate the Sino-Indian border in the larger context of China's borders that it shares with 14 different countries. Still, many other scholars agree that the strategic decisions taken by Jawaharlal Nehru played a significant role in escalating Sino-Indian tensions, and it eventually did lead to the war between the two countries. In his 2010 book, War and Peace in Modern India, the historian Srinath Raghavan argues that Nehru's failure to consider international political developments was the main cause for India's war and then defeat to China. According to Raghavan, Nehru particularly underestimated the importance of China and Russia relaxing their strained relations from the 1950s, and he failed to predict how the Chinese would react to India's actions. More importantly, Raghavan's argument finds a middle ground between Maxwell and Lindner's accounts. He says that Nehru's policy was neither too aggressive, as Maxwell suggests, nor excessively accommodating of China, as other scholars have suggested. Instead, Raghavan says that Nehru's policy was a mix between liberalism and realism. To highlight this, he gives an example of the forward policy. Unlike Maxwell, who said that the forward policy was aggressive, Raghavan says that it was aimed at deterring further Chinese incursions only. However, the move was ultimately miscalculated because of Nehru's failure to judge the political climate. To be honest, was Nehru an idealist or a realist is a question that's often taken beyond the Sino-Indian war. And I'm not really sure that it's a constructive argument to have. One, these schools of thought didn't exist at that time and retrospectively fitting these sort of labels don't take theory forward. And they're flawed. Remember how Woodrow Wilson was celebrated as the father of liberalism, but recent student protests at Princeton University have pointed out his racist legacy. We have to remember that people like Nehru were simply a product of their time and their cultural context have to be considered. But looking at his personal beliefs might be too reductive for foreign policy analysis. There are new studies looking at institutional factors, border relations, 
and re-looking at the whole decade of the 1950s between India and China. And I think this field might have some more answers for us. And that brings us to the end of this super short episode of States of Anarchy. I wrote this episode along with Kartikeya Reddy. If you have feedback, you can email me at ivmstatesofanarchy at gmail.com. You can also send me a DM on Instagram at States of Anarchy or on Twitter at Humsneh. You can listen to States of Anarchy on whatever podcast app you use. Next Thursday, I have an important announcement, so don't forget to tune in. 